Welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, JP. It is Music Mayhem, and I am here with Father Chuck. Aloha. Also with Matt, occasional Matt, who's occasionally here. Hi. And joining us once again, Father Fun. Hey guys. So glad to have you once again, Father Fun. Okay, so it's our second week in Music Mayhem, and last week Chuck chose Guster on Ice, our first live album uh, that I'm sure we've all listened to. I know I <laughs> sure did many times. And I'll tell you why that's funny when we get to me. <laughs> um, I don't know where Matt went. Intrigued. <laughs> yeah. I'm right here. He I'm would still go, here. I'm Matt would go listen I'm to the here. album. Yeah. <laughs> I would go listen. I had, I had to catch up really quick, guys. Don't mind me. <laughs> um, really quick, I just signed up for uh, Vero. So if you want to follow me there, I'm at JP Jones. I just posted my first post, and it's actually uh, – you can post – if you have music, uh, Apple Music, you can post tracks from Apple Music. So I posted uh, Red Red Lobster or Red Oyster Cult. Red Lobster. I posted the Red Oyster Cult from uh, from the Guster on Ice album. So uh, uh, follow me on Vero, please, because I don't I don't know who's on Vero besides Zack Snyder and Goop. <laughs> Goop, Zack Snyder, yeah, JP. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> that's those are the well, only people. And the reason. Oh, and Matt the reason left. why, obviously Matt left. He's, he he went to go sign up for Vero. He's so excited. He said he's going to go do it. Um, well, the reason you know the reason why you went on to Vero, right, is because of the big news that you know we we're we're, we're apparently going to completely shift the direction of this podcast. Correct. Because the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League is going to be released on HBO Max next year. This and... is a strictly Zack Snyder Justice League themed podcast. After we talk about Guster, of course, let me give one more one more go with the music. Uh, from now on, we will only be talking about. Uh, we will be speculating, and then when it comes out, we'll be reviewing, and after that, we will be cyberbullying anybody who disagrees with us. <laughs> that post was awesome. But carry on. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, so that was just a quick aside. Back to Guster. Why we're here. <laughs> I have to I have to collect myself. Give me a second. Hold on. That's fine. <sighs> okay, so let's jumping right in here. Because I don't want to run out of time. JP. I don't want to I don't want everyone to drop like flies like last JP, time. JP's <laughs> flipping through a book, so that just got a legal pad. We've, we've gone off the internet. And Look, this is how much I've written about Guster on Ice. <laughs> oh wow! And then all, all right. That, and then this is I take this I take this seriously. I don't mess around. Okay. I see this as totally being the little short video that I, JP posts. I, He's like, look how much homework I did. I, I I do this like I get paid for it, okay? I mean I kinda get paid for it, I guess. We got that one Patreon. Thanks. Twenty Thanks. bucks a month. Thanks, guys. Mike. Twenty bucks a month, JP. <laughs> okay, so hey. yeah. Money's money. Yep. No, no, I'm not downplaying our one Patreon. You're the most awesome person on the face of the earth. I'm downplaying JP, JP's um, amount of work he put in <laughs> into this episode. But that's a different thing. Okay. Go ahead, carry All on. Right. Chuck, Father Chuck. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, please tell us. Um, why? Uh, yeah, why, why Guster for Music Mayhem? And uh, tell us a thing or two about you and Guster. 
All right. So why Guster? Well, it's because we decided that this music mayhem would be built around um, favorite bands um, or, or musicians or however we want to define this. And I, Guster is my, Guster has become my favorite band. Oh, every music mayhem I contemplated picking a Guster album. Um, and I've often, and I, and the reason why I haven't picked them in the past is because, you know, I've been going curious, like how much, what are we going to talk about? Mm -hmm. Because there's not a whole lot of like biographical information about the band out there that, you know, unless you would go to their website and read their own stuff, you know, they haven't released anything that someone would consider as like a landmark, you know, thing. Um, but oddly they are immensely popular in new England and, um, and so you would think that there would be like a bigger body of work and discussion about them. Um, but because we're now talking about favorites and we're talking in a more personal level, it seemed like this would be a good time to, to, to bring them up. And, um, I picked Guster on ice as our record because, um, the, probably the two best Guster albums are lost and gone forever and keep it together. Um, Keep It Together came out in 2003. Lost and Gone Forever came out in 99. Um, they're back. That's back to back. Guster, Guster fans are long suffering folk. We we usually go many years between albums. Um, and this live album came out just after Keep It Together came out during the tour. They were supporting Keep It Together. So it has some big songs from Lost and Gone Forever, um, at least one from um, Goldfly and has um, a number of songs from Keep It Together. And so it seemed like it would be a good record to sort of do introduction to talk about Guster. It's sort of a cop out. It, it allowed me to talk about songs I really liked without having to pick one album over the other. Um, and the other thing is I, I, like, I like Guster's live show. I think they're one, of the, they're, they're one of the few bands where I think their live performance is better than anything they record. And so um, I felt that that was a live piece was in a, was a was a part to talk about it because I like the arrangements of a lot of their songs live. They do they do things a little bit differently, um, um, and so I, I thought that was important, particularly because arguably the most important member of that band is Brian Rosenzweig, however you pronounce his name. Brian, who is the Thunder God, who is their percussionist, and um, and so they're. Um, there, he he he's known for playing hand drums, and so um, he does more of that live than he does on um, in the studio. What is JP's face? I, have I was to know. Just, what, I was I was hoping this wouldn't come up. That's all. <laughs> what? Because I, I learned about the Thunder God thing, and it made me so angry. Like, why does it make you angry? <laughs> because like Dave Grohl is a Thunder God. This guy is a ch -ch 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 -ch. like I, okay, whatever. Just. Did you watch any of the YouTube videos that you shared with us? I actually wasn't able to. No, I didn't have time. Oh, my gosh. You need to go and watch them because he you is... will see why he is called that. Okay. He okay, is so, working uh... feverishly. Oh, yeah, well, don't so don't, listen, don't get distracted by me. This is a good... No, 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 no. This actually is a good segue because okay. here's how I learned about Guster. Yeah, the question is like me and Guster. Okay, so 2003, first year at Palm Beach Atlantic University. I move into my dorm. It's maybe the first or second week that I'm in the dorm. <laughs> CJ DeFreya. Uh, one of our dorm mates there in Rinker, um, he comes up to me and says, bro, he's from New York. He's from Long Island. Yeah. He's like, bro, you got to go to this concert with me. 
And I'm like, what is it? He's like, it's Guster, bro. It's like 30 bucks for a Guster concert. I'm like, who's Guster? He's like, you've never heard of Guster? I'm like, no. And he's like telling me like New York, New England, everybody knows who Guster is. Like, and I'm, I'm new, I'm away from home. I'm like this wimpy kid who's scared about being away from home. And like, I just had a girlfriend break up with me. So I'm just not in a really like happy place. And so I pass on going on the concert, which I regret. I regret a lot that I did not go to this concert with, with CJ. Um, but he told me, he said, dude, you've got to see this band in live. He says, he says every, you know, you go to so many concerts and when you walk away, you're like, oh, I want to, I would love to play guitar like that guy. I love you. He's like, this is the only concert you'll ever go to where you'll walk away saying, dude, I want to be a bongo player. And I'm like, I'm like, eh, whatever. So okay. fast forward a couple months, CJ is in his room and he's blasting this song. It turns out to be Amsterdam. Um, and I'm like, what, what is this? And he's like, it's Guster. I'm like, this is awesome. Like I, 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 for some reason, there's something about the song Amsterdam. The minute I heard it, I'm like, I am into this. Like this was, that, that was my introduction to the band. And so Catchy I went course. out and I bought, yeah. keep it. Yeah. So I went out and bought Cape It Together, and that CD did not leave my truck for probably four or five months. Like, I listened to it over and over again as I would drive back to Orlando and back. Um, I would – I just kept it just on, just on and on and on and on. And I just, I just fell in love with the band. And part of it for me is I've always been attracted to um, – I like when people do things that you're, like, you're not supposed to do, right? Like – Rock and roll is supposed to be guitar, bass, drums, right? Like that's your basic three-piece rock outfit. I remember when I first heard ska, it blew my mind. I'm like, what, you can have punk with like a band section? Like that just blew my mind. Um, and so I've always kind of gravitated to like music that's like that, like the band Cursive, the fact that they use a cello instead of a bass guitar is kind of a neat thing. Um, Yellow Card was kind of cool. The fact that they had a violinist in a sort of pop punky sound. So like the idea that you have a band that's using hand percussion, but not like the corn, like the typical way you would think of hand percussion of like, you know, like, you know, Ricky Ricardo doing Babalu or something, but like, but like something really, really different like that, that just appealed to me. And so I fell in love with the band. I didn't see them in concert until that following summer. Um, I was living in Fort Pierce, Florida, and the ex-girlfriend, actually, um, her name was April. Um, she she and I had sort of having friends. Well, that's, I don't care. Um, she's listening to the podcast. It's, I don't care. Um, but we, 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 we sort of became friends again. And she went with me to the show, and we went to see Guster at um, Hard Rock Live in Orlando or something like that. And um, it was it was an amazing experience to watch that band live because cj was totally right you watch brian and all you want to do is have his like i want i want like an hour with his kit because it's again he's a hand drum player but it's not like it's a combination of djembes and bongos and like like snares and just watching the amount of stuff he does with his hands but then he's like in between beats picking up like different kinds of sticks and striking instruments to like play and putting them. I mean, the, the technical precision of every member of Guster live is something really incredible. And so, um, and so like, I've just been jazzed on them as a band ever since, you know, one, I like the sound of the music they make. Um, but also seeing them live is just a, it's, it's, is a sort of singular experience. Um, and they're also a band that sort of, that sort of, 
is tough to nail down what their genre is um, because they have peers with some kind of jam band type bands like like of a revolution or um, trying to think of some other like college bands from the early 2000s I, that were kind of like that. I read an article describe it as busker music. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it has, but it has a more like, I would say their first two albums, parachute and Goldfly, definitely sound more like that. Mm-hmm. Once they started working with Steve Lillywhite to produce um, lost and gone forever, Steve Lillywhite's like a legendary producer. Um, he's really one of his more famous things is a comp was, um, his uh, work he did with um, Dave Matthews band um, on an album that uh, that disappeared. And then it came back as the band as the album every day. But anyway, Steve Lillywhite um, is just this legendary producer um, who worked with some big bands, um, particularly Dave Matthews and others. And, um, and so with lost and gone forever, they took on a different, like a little more studio sound and they just played with the, with their studio sound a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and took that to more of like a more poppy, approach rather than self-indulgent jam band kind of you know yeah. they're not like fish even though they get lumped in with that kind of circuit yeah i definitely not, uh, would not call what i listen to a jam band but definitely like this could be a jam band <laughs> yeah like they i mean they played they, they, they were on bonnaroo yeah they were like a bonnaroo fixture for a while um and um but they're very like quirky and experimental um with uh with lost and gone forever they added joe Pacipia. To the band to make it a four piece he's since left to go do stuff with katie lang but joe is this like super talented multi-instrumentalist and so watching them live he's running around playing like three or four different instruments when he was with the band it was just it's just an unreal thing to watch and um and so um so anyway yeah so i i, I like esther i like them because i like them um i think they're this is quirky little this quirky little outfit that is really, really amazing to watch live. I've seen them in concert four times. Um, my fa- one of my favorite concerts with them was when they played at the um, Revolution Live in Fort Lauderdale because that was the second time they played in South Florida after that West Palm show that I didn't go to. And they were saying that every time they come to South Florida, they have no crowd. Nobody shows up. And so when they played Fort Lauderdale – they said that they, they they had this plan where if nobody showed up, they were just going to get hammered halfway through the show. <laughs> and so they asked us, the audience, what would they prefer, like a more straightforward concert or just let them get hammered and continue playing. And of course, the crowd cheered for them to get hammered. And so they busted out like all these huge bottles of Jameson oh and just got like wrecked on show, like on stage. And it was hilarious to watch. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, Brian, Brian, by the end, was so done that he just, like, checked out. So when the encore came around, this kid who'd been, like, touring with them who um, played secondary drums when they when they needed him, he just came out and played a set with them, which was awesome to watch, you know. But um, I often dream of a time that we may play a live show and then people just kind of cheer for us to get drunk and we just do that. <laughs> yeah. Um <clears throat> By the way, um, I can talk. I could go on and on about the, the concert okay. experience. See, uh, I, which Funston knows as well because he has seen them live a few times. In fact, he was <laughs> present at their newest live recording. Right. Um, and uh, they've done stuff with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, which is really cool. Um, and um, yeah, so they're they're just there's a neat band with neat sounds, and we can talk about that. Cool. Well, let me ask. Uh, let me move on to Father Fun. Then let me ask you uh, how you feel about Guster. Because I know you're you're obviously a fan like Chuck is. Is this uh, 
Yeah. Give us some background. Um, I so Chuck can still have the the, the hipster bona fides there, um, but Guster is an important band for me because it's a band that I really came into awareness of because of Michael. I think in our relationship, a lot of the a lot of the like creative and interest stuff tends to flow from me t- to her. Um, you know, she's become more of a fan of things because I have I am a fan of them. Okay. But Guster is one that's you know directional the other direction. Um, you know, I was aware of them. Amsterdam was a pretty pretty big hit, pretty big top forty hit. And so I, I when I was listening to Keep It Together the first time through, I I was like, oh wait, I know this one. You know, um, but I can't I can't remember how it happened. But she and I had dated for you know, a couple of years before we got married. And then um, when she was moving to join us in seminary, for some reason, I was just looking for like live shows for us to go to in DC because I was, you know, we were in this big city and we should go see a live show. And I saw that Guster was playing in DC that October. And I did not know that I would have invited Chuck to have joined us, but um, I ended up getting tickets to it. And it was, a, um, I'm a, I'm a fish fan as well. And um, one of the things I love about Fish is when they do album album playthrough concerts. Uh-huh. And in 2009, that, that October after we got uh, married, they were doing a 10th anniversary tour. This Guster was doing a 10th anniversary tour of Lost and Gone Forever and were um, doing a full playthrough in the kind of second half of the concert. And so we went to go see them at a place called the 930 Club in D.C. And, and so really, like, once I got those tickets, you know, for that – for that month or so before the, the concert, I just I just binged um, Lost and Gone Forever mostly, and um, and then a little bit of Keep It Together, and they've they've just very easy they're very quickly become two of those like car car albums that I have you know just like I'm like a, if I'm on a large car ride I'm gonna listen to both of these albums a lot like uh, Graceland is for me as well, and. Um, and so then what, what Chuck is referring to is, so that was the first concert that Michael and I went to as a married couple. And it might've been the first concert we went to as a couple. Um, and then at, at our, on our ninth anniversary, like a couple, about a week before our ninth anniversary, um, a couple of years ago, uh, I saw that Guster was posting, posted that they were doing a new, a new tour. And so I looked at dates and I thought, oh, this would be cool. You know, we've, we went, you know, nine years ago and we can go again. Um, and the closest show was going to be in Omaha with the Omaha Symphony. And I've, I've been a huge, I, I love it whenever rock bands play with symphonies. Like, and part of that is, is familial, actually. My, my aunt was the principal violist um, on the S&M album with Metallica, really? um, the San Francisco Symphony. Yeah, so she got oh, to play rocks. with Metallica. I remember when that happened, I remember being so kind of like geeked out by that. Because, you know, I played bassoon in high school. <laughs> nice. Like, which isn't like a super cool instrument, but then like to hear a bassoon on a Metallica album was pretty, pretty awesome, you know? I can't and so I was rock just like, that's incredible. Yeah. We have, we have friends who were in Omaha and so we knew we would have childcare. And so we went up there and I, I paid for front row tickets and, um, and it was just an incredible, it was an incredible show. Um, that, that, that it is it, just really, really a lot of fun. And it's cool, like in, in um, any of the YouTube videos from that show and stuff, they had some official video recording going on, and and you can see us, like they had a camera position right behind us, and um, and whenever they would would shoot from stage left, like you could see us sitting right there in front, and um, they're just it's just fun. I mean, I'll have more to say when we actually talk about songs, but okay. I love their sound, I love their content, I love their lyrics. Um, 
they're just they're just great. Cool. Well, that's oh, wait, so you you mentioned you're a you're a, a fan of fish. Yeah, I'm gonna put a pin in that, and I'll bring okay. that up a little later because I I have some questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, tell me <laughs> about your experience. Uh, growing up listening to Guster, um, how, what grade were you in when you first heard them? Um, <laughs> what grade was I in? Um, what grade do you consider about three days ago? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know. I, um, I don't know how much I should share now because I've got literally nothing. To it's say fine. It's fine. This. I'm just joking. I'm just joshing. Um, but, <laughs> like... but I'm gonna. But but I'm gonna go with it anyway. Um, I have to say this first, and then uh, Father Chuck, who picked this album, please hear me all the way out before <laughs> before you attack me. Um, I was laughing at Father Fun, if I'm honest, the whole time Father Chuck was talking. Because if you're listening to this and not watching our YouTube video, go back and watch our YouTube video. Because it looked like Father Fun was, first of all, eating the first half and then falling asleep the second half. <laughs> and that nails it dead on for about how I felt listening to, <laughs> listening to this album. Oh, I, oh, no. But, but, no, no, but wait, but wait, but wait. Because I said, Father Chuck, hear me out first. Because I'm not attacking the band Guster. I told JP in a private conversation that lasted about two seconds, but I told him I hit play and my immediate response was, how have I never listened to this before? This is totally my sound the second the song started. Um, I got about three songs in and then realized I hadn't been listening anymore about six or seven songs after that. And that happened about four times I tried to listen to the album. I'm not attacking the band. My number one complaint is I wish I didn't start with this album because yeah. the live one has the perfect sound for what I love but I love that sound after I'm familiar with a band, if that makes sense. Hmm. So that's number one. Hmm. Number two is the type of music I am absolutely obsessed with. I cannot listen to albums. I have to listen to like a playlist that I created or a Pandora list based off a song that's constantly mixing it up because after about two or three songs of that sound, it starts to blend into background noise. So I felt horrible because I tried to listen to this album probably three or four times. And I think I listened to it all the way through twice, but I'm not sure. And my number one complaint is not anything to do with the band. It's that, man, I wish I heard of them sooner. I wish I took a journey to get to where I was because about two songs in, I realized it just became background noise. And that was my fault, not the band. But I was laughing at Father Fun the whole time because I was like, that was my response listening to this album is the first half i'm like oh yeah well, oh, yeah i'm good and i'm like eating something i'm chewing on it thinking about it and then the second half i'm like oh my gosh i was asleep what happened and i felt awful so I'm well, go ahead father chuck well i was gonna say that i mean that's that's the risky thing with picking a live album as mm -hmm. the introduction for anything right because yeah that's absolutely. really more of like a fan thing right i mean i took my mom to see guster the last time i saw them and she had a blast seeing them live. So there's that, the, the, on one hand, it's like you take someone to see to see a band live and that can be, no, an, that can work live, as an effect. Yeah, yeah. Right, but going, going to live. a live show and listening to a live album are two totally different experiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, Matt, the way you're talking reminds me of, of, of something you said to me after we saw Godzilla King of the Monsters, where 
like you were clearly aware that there were like that there was some fan service and stuff going on, but you were completely like you were outside <laughs> of the club, so you didn't that, get it. And and so nails. like you know like I tried to listen to this from your like your perspective or JP's perspective, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, you guys are like people cheering in the middle of of like the first couple notes of of like barrel of a gun, like that that's lost on you. You don't know why that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, or like the way the crowd like just goes nuts at the end of Fafa because you're not seeing the way Brian's playing the drums, right? So it's I, I, it's a risky thing um, to do that. And so you know I acknowledge that, that is the case. So yeah, I would it, they sorry, but the Godzilla King of the Monsters thing nailed it dead on. <laughs> that you couldn't have nailed it any better because I watched that movie. I watched you watch that movie, <laughs> and I realized. I'm a hundred percent out of the loop on what's happening here. And overall, it's like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. I liked it. I told you, I don't have any complaints about it. I just didn't get what you got out of it. Right. And I told you, I wish I could go back and watch every Godzilla movie leading up to it so that I could experience it like you did. And I'd say that nails how I felt listening to this album. As I heard the first couple songs, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the type of sound I'm obsessed with. I wish I could go back and experience the journey to get to it because I'm missing out on what's happening here. Um, so yeah, you nailed it. I can't, like I said, just, if I talk, I'm done. I can't say anything else. And father, well, Chuck the loss gone forever after we're done here. yeah, so, no, what, what I will tell you, here's a compliment I can give is I 100% will be looking into their music. And a million percent guarantee you a couple of the songs off this album, much less all the ones I haven't heard before, will be added to the playlist I'm talking about. So the compliment I can give it is you've already got my attention. You've already got me hooked. I just am not to where you are yet because I didn't even, like, I'm sure there's even a song out there I'll hear someday and go, oh my gosh, I love this. I didn't realize Without that Without a doubt, you know Satellite. So, so, Without a doubt, yeah, you know the song sure. Satellite. It plays in I know the, the title, all the time. so I'm sure I do. Yeah. <laughs> But um, anyway, that's my that's my thought. Interesting. Um, I'm gonna try to move it along. I'll, I'll be quick. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what my relationship with Guster is. I know that I, I for as long as I've known Chuck, I have known the existence of Guster. I'm pretty sure he might have had me listen to songs during one of our excursions oh. to oh. Fort Pierce or Crystals in Fort so, Lauderdale. So so I'm sorry, Matt. Do you have something that... to say? So, so would you say that Guster is to Chuck as the crow is to JP? No. Just, just asking, but carry on. No. We already established that Ke- Keelan was to Chuck. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Trying to crack I mean, this crow not, thing and I, he come up with I these allegations. I'm still not sure how to take that information. <laughs> <laughs> right, my, my bro. Yeah. You got a bro. You got a bro. You know, it's just dudes being guys. Um. So yeah, I'm pretty. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm sure you've had me listen to some other stuff when we, during some of our excursions. Um. I, I I do kind of have a little kind of a funny history with them because when I was a kid, uh, teenager, I used to look up on Kazaa and LimeWire for, um, the. Uh, the cover of, of Blue Oyster Cult's uh, 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 Don't Fear the Reaper, which is featured on the Scream soundtrack, uh, which is performed by a guy named Gus. It always came up, Guster, 
I always keep finding search results for Guster. I'm like, I don't want this Guster. I want Gus. This isn't... And apparently they used to be called Gus, but they changed their name yeah. because of Gus, the guy who actually did the yeah. Scream, uh, the, 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 the Don't, Don't Fear the Reaper cover. Very confusing. It confused me a lot. Because like, every time you mention Guster, I'm like, I think I've heard of them. Did the Don't Fear the Reaper, right? Like, the, the cover from the Scream soundtrack. And you're like, no, yeah, no, They no, did a not. song called Red Oyster Cult, which sounds like Blue Oyster Cult, which did, do- yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just very confusing. I think for an even a, a long time, I, I totally... thought that, like, Guster definitely did do the, the, the Don't Fear the Reaper cover. They were just called Gus back then until, like, recently. And you're like, no, JP, that's, that's not, not saying that. I'm like, but all I, this time, I thought we I had totally... that connection. I, to- I totally forgot about Blue Oyster Cult, and I was wondering why Red o- Oyster Cult looks so familiar on the <laughs> album. And I can't say the word oyster, apparently, because yeah. I stumbled twice. Yeah. But I, I, I'm like, I'm, why does that look so familiar to me? So thank you for removing that. Sorry, JP. Yeah. I, I apologize for interrupting, but carry on. Um, so yeah, this is like my, my very first time actually sitting down and, and listening to them and familiarizing myself with them. So not really much of a history. To really speak about, except for that little anecdote about the Scream soundtrack. <laughs> um, which, if you haven't heard uh, uh, Don't Fear the Reaper by Gus, uh, go check it out right now. It's 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 very good. <laughs> One of my favorite songs. Don't look online somewhere, though, because all you'll find is Red Oyster Cult by Guster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all you Kazaa users out there. Um, so, uh, okay, cool. So let's get into... Well, this, actually, okay, okay. I thought you were going to say more about your personal stuff. I just wanted to add, then, if you're done with that, because the, the, the fun thing uh, is because of the number of downloads of Guster songs on LimeWire and Kazaa, yeah. Guster recorded entire, they did, they redid the vocals on a couple of their albums, particularly Keep It Together, where they did cat meowing. So they just okay. go meow 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 to the tunes um, instead of the normal lyrics, and they and they flooded the file sharing networks with those That's as funny. a joke. So if you think you've downloaded it, you've actually got the cat version. But those became so popular that you can actually get the cat versions of these songs on um, like iTunes now. <laughs> wow, um, That's yeah. amusing. That's very amusing. Cool. It's a meowsing. All right, so. Um... I guess we could get into just like our uh, just sort of like a general review of the album itself. Um, sure. Who do we want? Oh, I guess we could start with you, Chuck, since it's your album. Okay. Uh, why Why do you like this particular album so much? Well, as I mentioned already, I I, I mean, the, the, uh, well, like I said, I picked it because it has songs from two of the stronger albums in Guster's catalog okay. for us to talk about. Um. But I I like their live arrangements. Um, so the the band went through a change between Lost and Gone Forever and Keep It Together. Um, Guster uh, Guster really since that era has been sort of reinvent, reinventing themselves album after album. Um, but currently they're doing a lot of electronica in their stuff, and it's and it's very different. Um, um, but they're um, um, but during this period of time they changed because for from the the beginning of their of the band when they formed in at tufts um in massachusetts um they have been decidedly a three-piece outfit two two acoustic guitars and hand drumming um 
Brian began to add more percussion instruments to his setup. So, you know, if you listen to Parachute, their first album, it's very much like djembe and bongos. But then he started to add more and more different uh, instrumentation to kick drum, other things like that to his setup to where it's a very complex thing to watch, um, to watch him play. But he began to get concerned about nerve damage. Um, one of the things that's that's a, a common bit in watching a Guster show is the to celebrate first blood, which is when um, Brian breaks his skin and he has to tape his skin up because his hands like get cracked and busted because he, he plays so hard with his hands. Um, because of the repeated thing of that, he began to get concerned about long-term nerve damage um, doing um, hand percussion. And so he wanted to start implementing more traditional drum kit sounds into the band. And so um, that, and they also wanted to mix it up and not just be two acoustic guitars, but occasional electric guitar, occasional bass guitar, things like that. And so um, keep it together. If you listen to it, most of the music on that is done with a, with a traditional drum kit. Um, the live version, though, because the fans had still been accustomed to the, the, hand, the, the hand percussion work, he incorporates a lot of hand percussion into some of the newer songs. And so the arrangements are a little bit different. I like the sounds of them um, that way. Um, um, it's an album, too, where, I mean, the, watching the concert itself is really amazing. Um, they're, they're changing instruments mid-song. Um, um, you know, they're incorporating keyboards. They've got a horn section in a couple of songs, things like that happening. Um, I think if you listen to it nice and loud, it, it can do a pretty good job of replicating a live show, uh, a Guster show. I remember probably the first or so second time that I saw them was with um, was with um, my long term ex. Um, I remember we listened to them. We got in the car and the music was on. Like we had Guster playing in the car on our way to the concert. We get in the car and the Guster and and, and it's playing. And I remember um, Carol and my ex saying, um, "It sounds so hollow." Um, you know, because we, you know, it's so robust live. And so whenever I've seen them in live, in live after that, I have to listen to this album for a few days afterward, because to me, it, it sounds a little more robust than their studio stuff. Um, and so, um, so that's what I like about it. It, it kind of puts me into seeing them live while also playing a lot of the songs that I like from <clears throat> these two particular records without some of the songs I'm less interested in. Um, and and um, and doing so with arrangements that I like a little bit more okay. than their um, than some of their studio work. So cool. I you know I think I have a mixed relationship with with live albums. Like I'm 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 really glad they exist, but in general I'm more of a studio person. I mean I don't get that hollowness. Um, I think I I enjoy the experience of a live show, but uh, but I, I can't think of a single like live album that I actually kind of have on rotation um, for in, in any, for any of my favorite bands, any of my, um, any of my stuff. Um, Straight adding I think uh, Nirvana because... unplugged into that rotation. <laughs> yeah. Now, now that I have it on, on, on rotation now, um, I do like Clapton unplugged. I mean, that's a, that's a great, that's a great album, but I, but it's not in my regular rotation. Um, I think when I listen to, to the album as a whole, I, enjoyed kind of stepping into that experience of of having been to shows um i really enjoyed watching the, the, the they have the whole dvd for this which is a different kind of order of songs it was it was done over two nights um they have the the whole dvd is on youtube um 
you know, you can watch basically all of it, it seems like. And so I, I watched that this afternoon and I really enjoyed that. Um, in fact, more than, than listening to the album, but then, but then I, you know, listened to the album again this afternoon and, and, you know, it was, it was fine. I mean, I, again, like, 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 like Charles, I like a lot of these songs. It is some of the best stuff from those two albums. And, you know, it's fun to hear, hear them sing talking hits, but, um, yeah, I mean, I would have been happier to talk about either of the other studio produced albums, probably personally, but um, I, I was glad to have this uh, added to my list. It would have made you happier. <laughs> it got me this far. Uh, Matt, I'm very curious about your uh, initial thoughts on this album. I know you, you kind of said a little bit about your experience, but I want to know, you can just kind of give us a general review of what it was like. He ate and slept. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do you have anything deeper um, than, you know, it kind of faded into the background or? No, but see, it faded into the background makes it sound like I'm blaming the album. And that makes me feel bad because I really did enjoy the parts of it where I was attentive Mm -hmm. and paying attention. I was really into it. Um, I will just say, and it's repeating what I said, which is why I was like, I don't know if I should talk now because I'm out of input. But I will just say this album, what it 100% did is make me interested to go back and check out their stuff That's cool. because it drew in my attention. It was kind of like, and again, this is going to sound like a knock, but it's really not. It's kind of like you're out shopping somewhere and a song starts playing and you Shazam it. And then you go home and listen to everything that that group did to find out, okay, was it that song or are they that good? Um, that's what I'll say this album did to me. It was like, if I had heard one of these songs playing somewhere, I would have totally pulled out the phone, hit that little Shazam button to find out who is singing this, what is this song, and where can I find out more? And as somebody who's not familiar with them, that's what hitting play on this album did, was it grabbed my attention, it's got my attention, and I will be um, looking into them for sure. As soon as we're done with Music Mayhem and I stop getting assigned albums I have to listen to, they are they are going to be a group that I will be checking out and probably will have much more to say on if you ever bring them up again. Because judging from what I heard and was paying attention to, I am into it and I'm looking forward to finding out more about it. It is the, what is the Django line? You have my curiosity. <laughs> you have my attention, now you have my curiosity. Now you have my attention, yeah. <laughs> Love that line, and, that, and that, that's, that's what this album did. So, Father Chuck, I will applaud you in that, and I will apologize for my lack of attention span. Hey. But I will applaud you in that you have got me hooked on. I will be finding out more about this band, and we'll have to randomly bring it up on a future episode and be like, so, Matt, what do you think about Guster now? Because um, I guarantee well, it'll be a different answer. <laughs> well, that's why, I mean, that's, I mean, I picked this to be an introduction to, to the two of you, really. I wanted to introduce you two to my favorite band. I mean, because that's why we're doing it, right? If, if it had, if it had been just like a strictly album kind of thing, and I had picked it, I probably would have picked "Keep It Together" um, or uh, for for you know for the for the for the podcast. But you know, but I thought this is a sort of all-encompassing introduction. So I had to put a lot of effort into did. connecting with uh, with what I was listening to. Um, 
mainly because the sound conjures types of music that I have actively avoided. And that is bands like Dave Matthews, John Mayer. Even though John Mayer is awesome, he's a cool dude. Can't listen to his music. Can't stand his music. And then there's jam bands that I, I just I can't. I'm not saying they're a jam band, but they do have. They do remind me of jam band. They remind me a little bit of Fish, a band that I also sort of actively avoid. I'm sorry, Father Fun. It's just. It's what are your my, feelings on Jack Johnson? Uh, same thing. It's just not my. It's just. It's not my thing. It's not my flavor. Right. Like, I it's, like, it's not. I, I, I live. I, I live like in a Jack blue Johnson. world. You're introducing yellow, and uh, <laughs> you know. It was all yellow. I'm blue, Coldplay. Blue dabba dee dabba die. Um. <laughs> just colors, guys. Just colors. <laughs> Red oyster. Uh, you know, I'm just attracted to a different blue type of energy, and that and and this isn't doesn't really. It, this is not that energy, um, and. Um, and it's it's kind of funny because I I listen to it to like I listen to it, I think like maybe four times total, and I would say the first two times was like I just wasn't connecting. I like listen to them all the way through. I'm like this isn't doing it for me, and like I tried to change my setting. Like I tried to sit on my porch, which I thought like this this is probably what they wanted me to do sit on sit on the porch and listen to it or something, right? <laughs> like <laughs> that I had my dog with me. I'm like, okay, this it didn't really work. Uh, I tried turning my living room into like a into like a like a common area and sit in the middle with like ramen noodles, you know, like a dorm room. Gotcha. I wasn't really doing it either. Um, <laughs> it became more textured than anything, uh, but there even but there were a, a bunch that stuck out. But I, I particularly was not moved. But on the third listen, um, I decided to. Uh, to just like sit down and read along the lyrics as I listen to the album, much like what I did with Hamilton, which got me to kind of connect with 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 that. Um, because if I had just listened to that, it would have been a totally different experience. But when I sat down and read the lyrics, it's like this: I'm I'm connecting it on a much deeper level, and that actually helped a lot because I started to appreciate it more. I even started to try to like even an att- an attempt to connect. I'm I'm also like trying to try to sing along a little bit. You know, because there are some parts where you just can't like help yourself. Like all of a sudden, it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I just don't like bongos. I don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I started to feel a bit more connected. You know, and and the way I am about music, maybe it just I don't know. I, I've always joked that I just have bad taste when it comes to music. I'm not a I'm not a music cinephile. I can't be esoteric about music i just can't like like because that's how i am with cinema totally different things and so like when i listen to music like if it doesn't just grab me the first time i'm like listening to it, i'm like a producer like oh, you had to get you had to get me on the first kick here you know if it doesn't grab me i just like i don't i don't really put much effort into it um um but you know like i said i sat down with this on the lyrics you know the meaning was coming out and what they were saying uh, because the lyrics kind of turned out to be pretty inventive. Um, like, for instance, just as a an example of the uh, happier, I really liked the the in unison different lyrics being sung at the same time. That was really cool. Um, but yeah, when I started to do that, I was I just became more attuned to who they are, where they're coming from, what they're trying to say. Um, 
And so, yeah, I, I, I think I need like another week with this album before they could become like a favorite, <laughs> you know? Um, but so like after that, I could kind of see myself sort of getting into it more. Um, but, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, it would be an, it would be, it's outside my comfort zone. It would be an offshoot for me, you know, that's why it took so much effort to be fully honest. So I'm curious, that's my initial, I'm curious, I'm curious what your aversion to like, like, like Dave Matthews. I don't know what it is. What, What is it? I don't, don't know, know what it is? it is, but I get bored. I get so bored. Like, my stomach hurts. I'm so bored. Like, I feel like I'm at someone's house that I don't want to be at. Like, I, I feel like I, I I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. And like I said, it's, it's like a, it's like an energy thing. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to get metaphysical, but like, like, punk has a certain energy. Metal has a certain energy. Alt rock has a certain well, energy that just like, it just grabs me and it yanks me uh, around and yeah, I love I it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. But. I listen to I like, saying, John I, Mayer, and I'm like, Oof. like I'm eating I a bowl almost, of vegetables. One of the albums that was in the back of my mind for us to talk about before we made this about like the favorite bands was seriously Dave Matthews' Crash. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I haven't trying to kill me. Yet, so give me ideas. <laughs> Number forty one is a great song. I think the next, <laughs> like, Boy, if, if you were like, if you chose Counting Crows, I'd probably quit the podcast. Like, oh my gosh, really? No, no, okay, <laughs> dude. Oh. Would you really? If you no, chose like, like Hootie and the, the Blowfish album? or something, like, if you... the album that no lie, no lie, no lie. Like, I was really gonna pull the trigger on August and Everything After by Counting Crows. <laughs> like, I really was going to. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it, man. That album is great. Every <laughs> single song. Father Chuck, I'll change my choice for you just to see what happens. I'm shocked that JP does not like Counting Crows. Like, that surprises me. Counting Crows, sorry, JP, but yes, Counting Crows is one of those groups that every time one of their songs come on, because everybody knows I'm horrible at knowing who is singing the song that I'm listening to. They're kind of like I used to joke around that I always told JP in high school i was like i don't like green day i don't like green day i don't like green day i hate green day and then a song would play i'd be like oh i like this who is it you'd be like green day i like this who is it green day same thing with counting crows i'll listen to a song i'll be like oh this is great who is it counting crows what about this one counting crows what about this one also counting crows i'm like oh got it i like counting crows so i'm all about changing my album choice just to watch (laughs) because like okay so like so jesus on the radio if that song had been on here, you probably would have liked that because that's a very bluegrassy song by Guster. It's got it's got a banjo. I mean, there's a banjo. There's um, what song? What song on this has a banjo? It's um, um but, but but the point I'm trying to make is that despite my initial feelings about those bands, I I connected to it when I sat down to try to like yeah. really understand it. I had to put effort into it. Um, I'm just but... I I just want I want you to understand like I, I I'm not one of these people that think that because you don't like something you're wrong unless, except for the Last Jedi, and I. <laughs> yeah. I, it's good. I'm just in general like I understand people have different tastes. That's fine. It doesn't it doesn't bother me yeah. un- unless it's the Last Jedi. And I'm just I'm like genuinely surprised because I would have pegged you as a Counting Crows fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I totally. I mean, like, well, it, to be only to I mean, totally fair. I actually haven't listened to Counting Crows in like years, so I don't, I don't even remember how they sound. Okay. So yeah, that's the only reason like I'm like hanging up on this because I would have like like every time I listen to August and everything after I'm like oh yeah JP would be totally into this. <laughs> so have to see. You'd have to experiment. Someone would have to choose a music band. All the bands that you've listed, 
like to me they're all totally different okay. like yeah. I, and i i don't even know how to describe like how different i actually exper- experience them but like i hate dave matthews band like i would not have been on the episode where you talked about whatever that album was crash i wouldn't i, I'd have, I would have chosen not to come on to that, that gets it that episode but like I like Counting Crows, but they're very different from Guster. And then yeah. John Mayer is this total other beast of like, I, I revile John Mayer. I'm just, I'm just trying to connect the dots a little bit because I think that Jack Johnson, I experience him to be like modern yacht rock in some way. But like what do we, what do we call that? Like it's more like frat rock or something. But I don't think that Guster is that. But maybe Guster is that. I don't know. You just you're you're listing off a very interesting kind of nexus of music. I mean, that... Guster Guster did get some wide exposure by opening for Dave Matthews Band, no. so they're at least within a wheelhouse. But I'm with. By the way, Pat, I am with you on 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 Dave Matthews. I have such a like mixed relationship with that band. Um, I love a lot of songs from Crash, but like. Yeah, I, I could go on about my feelings at Dave Matthews Band, but I, I did. I have floated that one. We could just do a because crash, a crash, crash episode oh, where we gosh. talk about the album Crash and the movie Crash. Wait, whoa, and... whoa, 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 wait. The, the, Which Crash? The David Cronenberg movie or the one set in L.A. in the early 2000s the, about racism? The L.A. one. That's a good one. Okay. That's a good one. Well, oh, we should also talk about David Cronenberg Crash yeah. movie about people who have sex with cars. But okay, so Crash, Crash, and Crash. <laughs> That'll be an episode. Got it. Um, all right, so sorry. We okay, really just to wrap up my here. thoughts. Just to wrap up my thoughts, uh, I'll be real quick. Okay, so and, and and while I was connected to, I I still will say that for the most part, there were some, there were more songs that stuck out than others. I think when they when it felt like they were departing is when I is when I liked them more. I think they're the songs that I kind of put an asterisk by the ones that I really liked. I think they're a little bit different from probably what they normally do. That's just my guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Red Oyster Cult, come yeah. downstairs and say hello. Um, well, I, I chose Happier, Red Oyster Cult, uh, Nothing But Flowers, and David Byrne, of course. Uh, yeah, it's talking heads. Come downstairs and say hello, yeah. And uh, Homecoming King. I think it's because I really like the harmonica solo. Pretty much all of those songs are from Keep It Together, except for Happier, which is from Lost and Gone Forever. Really? That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Except for Nothing But Flowers, which is unique to this recording. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that, brother. I thought that was a pretty good cover. Um, okay, cool. So let's move on to uh, songs. Uh, here's, I'll say something really quick. I mean, the, first, the, the, the thing opens with Careful, which is, I feel like is one of those Guster songs that, as a, as a Guster fan, I feel like it, it's an okay song, but I sort of feel like it's like forced upon me. I don't know. It, I think because like the DVD opens with it, and there's like people in line playing it, and it just seems like more hype was made out of that song than it really needed to be. Yeah, I don't my, know. I like the song. I know how to play it in guitar. My, um, my notes for "Careful" is just catchy. That's yeah. But <laughs> "Happier," I, I, we all seem to really like "Happier." Okay, let's start with "Happier." I love that song. It might be my favorite Guster song. Um, to stick a little Keelan reference into this episode, it's also the one that when I've seen them in concert, I've called him and held the phone up for him. Um, That's like stuff you do with your girlfriend, man. Like, what? <laughs> well, it's like babe, John, babe, it's like babe, Lennon, babe, this is for you. It's, it's like John Lennon said. He had, he's had two great loves in his life, Paul McCartney and Yoko Ono. I've had two great loves in my life, Keelan Carroll and Canada Jerkoic. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's... 
I think that's sweet. It's really sweet. Two points for honesty uh, there. That's <laughs> a great song. Um, not on here, right? Not on here. Um, but um, happier. What, what I like about happier is, I mean that 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 change in the song. That sort of like it's not a bridge, it's like that midpoint where he does the you know one more inch, you son of a bitch. I mean the way that, the way that the way that Adam delivers that line, it's just so like there is there is real emotion behind that, and it feels like one of the few songs written that's about the end of a friendship because like i mean the, the the two ways in my head that i've interpreted this song over the years is it's either it either to me sounds like a gay breakup song or it's it's about two friends in the end of a friendship yeah the idea of somebody you know going off and sort of blowing off their friends which is kind of i guess also what amsterdam's about um but there is that that sense of of somebody, you know, just they've they've cut off all their ties. They've cut off everyone who's come before them. They're off doing, they, you know, they think they're better than where they've come from or whatever. And so, just to have that moment, you know, because I, I I've got I, around the time that I first listened to this album, I was going through a similar thing. Like I had a, a really long term friendship that was falling apart. And so to hear somebody singing that, I was like, yeah, like that. I get that. Like I get that. That. But yeah, so I just I think that that's. That, the song sticks out for me just because I like the music. I like, but I, I, that that particular moment has always been something that that resonated with me in the song, and that's why I, I love the song and I love it for that moment. Yeah, it, it definitely has a, a tinge of like sort of talking about someone doing something that makes them happy at someone else's expense. Yeah, you know, and like you said that that verse, you know. I wrote it down. I didn't print it out. I just put, you know, one more inch, you son of a bitch, been wasting my time always. Now you're half awake, you bend till you break, and make the same mistakes always. That's some, uh, not really a love song. No. I, uh, the, the thing I love about Lost and Gone Forever, and on this on this album, you got Barrel of a Gun, Faw Faw, I Spy, um, and Happier. All, all from Lost and Gone Forever. I think Lost and Gone Forever does the thing that I love Guster for the most. And I've talked to Father Chuck about this. Um, you ha- you see this in Come Downstairs and Say Hello as well. But I really love... Guster, I think, writes really interesting lyrics about emotional states that and then juxtaposes them against music that doesn't totally match it. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. like Nirvana... You know, it's heavy and the music is heavy and it's just like it's all like there and it's still catchy because of the pop sensibilities, but it's not, but it's still heavy, you know, whereas, you know, like, like Lost and Gone Forever, it, it opens with the lyrics, woke up today to everything gray, but like the music is just like so in your face, like happy. Yeah, two point upbeat. harmonies layered over each right. other. Woke up today to everything gray, you know, and it's just like, I love, I love the idea and I love how they write about de- depression, I think, and depressing things like friendships breaking up. And I think that's what the come downstairs and say hello is about as well. They, they, they write about depression, but then it's just really catchy, poppy, you know, fun to listen to. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, um, outcast. Hey, yeah. <laughs> which is this incredibly peppy, happy song. Have you ever listened to the lyrics? It's about a divorce. Mm. Oh yeah. Or what's that um, song about the school shooting that everyone like latched onto that no one had any idea what it was actually about? Jeremy. All the pumped up kids or whatever. Yeah, all all the kids with the pumped up kicks. Yeah. yeah. 
everyone was like obsessed then, with that song it's on commercials but it's about it's about school shooting like <laughs> it's about all the cool dudes by yeah by uh hoop the what was that was his name i don't know i can't keep up yeah. with these bands these days when i first started listening to guster it was around the time that i was hanging out with this group of this group of interesting people at palm beach atlantic university they i sort of called the jesus hippies um you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. jp oh yeah, yeah. they, they spent the entire, um, entire semester not wearing shoes and stuff yeah 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 um i could go on and on about these people now and but it was a person it was a friend group by the way i was like really wanted to be a part of they were not admitting anyone into their friend friend group they were a very insular uh group of people but um you didn't try bringing your own hacky sack is the thing chuck you got to bring your own hacky sack to that kind of circle that's true that's true um but no but they i remember like they introduced me to like the concept of like bitterness and like bitterness in lyrics and it was around the time that i started listening to guster and i was like oh like there, there's a lot of bitterness in this music. Two points for honesty. It's a song that's not on here. Um, it's on Lost and God Forever. It's also a very bitter song. Um, but, but that sense that they can do that, but in a way that like you're listening to the live, like the live, the, the live crowd, and they're just like, like, yeah, they're like, yeah, one more inch, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it is, it is a cool thing when 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 bands can do that and get you to. To sing along with that stuff um so i like happier cool um do you remember that should one we, should Matt? we sure nice um <laughs> uh, you wanted i know you like red oyster cult jp i do you um really, you liked it it was a rock and roll i thought it was very eclectic um mm-hmm. all the drums the guitar and the horns the horns i, I especially enjoyed um what is what did I write? Hold on. Oh, okay. So yeah, I was I was I was trying to like figure out what it probably means, but I, I is, oh okay the cult okay I'm trying to figure out what is the red oyster cult right, and I'm, I'm just I, I guess I came to the conclusion that it's just like everyone who failed at achieving their dreams or doing something important like is that kind of what's understood or am I close? Is it? I've also kind I of saw a line that it was some people saw it as like a like a fantasy kind of thing, like a d- dream world where people sip tea and it gives you powers or something. I don't know. I <laughs> I, I, I get this said that take a drink of this tea is sort of like drinking the Kool Aid, like you're joining the cult. Oh um, yeah, probably. Or okay. or it could be like the suicide piece, right? Because you know, take a sip of this tea, join the redest. You know, you'll never grow up, you'll never be old, right? Yeah. Like it's the suicide pact, like eat the applesauce. Oh, that's know, true. Yeah. Kool Aid. Also, be like dosing uh, yourself with LSD, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What one of the things that Guster does as well is they, is, especially in earlier albums, there's a couple. Like like I said, they they use one song. They always have like a non-musical instrument used in a musical way. Mm-hmm. There's always at least one reference to the color red, and there's also usually a reference to Wizard of Oz. Uh, okay. Yeah, I got that in one of the other songs. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I thought it was interesting because I Spy. This one, you know, I see, I see is where it says, you know, I spy something red. Yeah. Um, this, they have red oyster cult versus blue oyster cult. I, I mean, I'm not sure what the connection is there. I've been kind of trying to figure it out for um, years. But yeah, I, I liked it. It was super catchy, super upbeat. Um, I love the shifting and changes of pace and style. Um, mm-hmm. I, I gave this one, uh, I circled it, I gave this one uh, bop status. 
Um, yes. That's sort of a little... It's the bop. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if the reference to Red Oyster Cult, Blue Oyster Cult, is, is I'm liking the suicide thing, that this guy's committing suicide. Don't, don't fear the Reaper. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Cult, Even though Blue Oyster Cult keeps saying it's not about suicide, so I don't know. Or that could just be like their interpretation of it. Or... Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because they try to claim it. Yeah, they try to claim it's like a Romeo and Juliet song, but which yeah. is about suicide. So, um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know how you. I don't know how you listen to "Don't Fear the Raper" and not come away with it being. Yeah, me neither. About suicide. Yeah, I don't know either. But they they swear up and down it's not. I don't get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just trying to, you know, ward off the tipper gores of the world. It just. <laughs> it's. I will say. I will say. JP, this is one of the ones that you should definitely watch the the the, the performance of. Okay. Uh, because you get a sense of Brian's percussion work, and he's using a traditional drum kit for this song, and it's it's really impressive. Cool. He's and he's That's credited. Like this is so the only song, one of the only songs that he's credited with the write the writer on. Um, he's the lyricist for this. Okay. Oh, Brian is. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Funny funny thing about Brian, dude cannot sing. Mm -hmm. And it's a very common thing in Guster concerts for him to be the singer for the encore. Okay. Um, I have been present for them covering the Cheers theme with him singing it, and it is one <laughs> of the worst things I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> nice. Wow. Hey, maybe that's why um, I like the song so much, because they use a drum kit instead of bongos. Maybe. Could be. Um, all right, Matt, you said you have to leave soon. Do you have any any words I, I really wish I did, but I don't. Okay. I feel bad that I don't. Like, I want to join in on this conversation. And the more okay. you talk, the more I'm, I want to cry. Because he I'm doesn't not, He doesn't have the I'm time like I do, where I could just sit down on a porch and listen to an entire album in the middle of the day. Yeah, I didn't get to try four different settings to listen to this album. <laughs> I just kept kept hitting play once downstairs, once while I was trying to bathe my children, once while I was at work in my car, and yeah, so I didn't get to like set the mood, <laughs> try a coffee shop vibe, but like. Oh, that's but, another thing uh, I want to point out. If I am ever at a coffee shop on the lookout for women, I'm going to be playing this album. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm just listening to Guster. Yeah, because it feels like th this feels like something like a lot of women probably like, like. <laughs> Because that's how it is. Wow. That's that's how most of these bands are. I feel like, like, I think I think women like. Do we need to bring Michael in on this? I. <laughs> What's funny, what's funny is I don't want that to be true, but like I, I admitted in my own introduction that I got into this band because of Michael, and the reason, one of the main reasons I don't like Dave Matthews Band is because so many girls like Dave Oh. Like let's talk about John Mayer, you know Ben Harper, Jack Johnson. Yeah, see, um, so love you're 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 hitting on something. Can you just see it? Oh yeah, it's Guster. Yeah, uh, no, it's so true <laughs> to life. It's, it's really good. This is a perfect time for me to bow out. I'm not. I'm not a part of this conversation. I would just like to point out. All right, bye, Matt. Uh, guys, I leave this to you as everybody who's listening or watching can tell. I have nothing to say anyway, so it, it, this will be a great episode. So I look forward to listening to the rest. 
after well, I listened to this album and some others. From what you did <laughs> offer, I mean, I, it's I think it is cool. I mean, you know, you did say that this is it is up your alley. So like maybe you can yeah, let us yeah, in no, it, when you check it out. Let us let us in on what you think then. Yeah, so. yeah. If you're if you're a fan of us and you listen to this album in preparation and you went, I don't know about it. Join me in a journey of discovering this band. <laughs> I invite you to to come along with me. Um, because that's what I look forward to. So you all have a great and blessed conversation. Have a good journey. And I look forward to being on again, hopefully next week, more occasionally than usual. So um, I'll let you all be at it. So see you guys later. All right, Dieter. Good Bye, journey. Man. All right, okay. we talked about Red Oyster Cult. Yeah, I gave a Bob status certification. Yeah. Bob status certification. It is beloved by women. Um. <laughs> See, the thing is, I here's my issue with Dave Matthews. What ruined Dave Matthews for me? I love Dave Matthews, but uh, when I was like late high school, early college, um, mostly because I, I I I really I, I got turned on to him by the college tour that he did with um, uh, um, Dave Reynolds. Um, which I mean, you got to experience a very technical guitar work, and that was awesome. But what ruined me on Dave Matthews was actually all the frat type dudes who listened to Dave Matthews, and I and I felt like, oh, this is yuppie music. I can't do this. Um, so anyway, um, nothing but flowers. Good one. It was very funny because when I was when I was listening to it initially, I'm like, I've heard this song before. Mm-hmm. Have I, I have I been more it. have I been familiar with Guster more than I realize? Then I realized it was a Talking Heads song. I'm like, oh, that's probably where I heard it. <clears throat> yeah, I went I went years thinking that this was. I mean, I guess if I had just like read the liner notes, I could have figured this out. But I went years not knowing. I thought that this was some kind of like Guster rarity mm-hmm. or something um, until I worked at Anthropology. And when I was working at Anthropology, I heard the original play, and I was like. I got on the, the headset and I talked to the manager in the back. I'm like, can you tell me what this is? <laughs> and um, she told me it was Talking Heads and I was very excited. And I, then I was sort of like, that's interesting because I wouldn't have associated Talking Heads as being like within the stylistic genre of Guster. Yeah. But now that I've gotten to know Talking Heads a little bit more, it makes a lot more sense. Um, and I think this is an interesting inclusion for this record because partly because Guster – so. Uh, I think it, it's Adam Gardner, right? Who Patrick, who's like, who started, um, who did, um, is it revive? What's the, the, he's, he's the one who started the whole thing about like getting bands to convert their buses over to biodiesel. Um, yeah, apparently he's the one who lives in Portland, Maine and who, and he's on a, he hosts like a weekly radio show that, yeah. is, that is focused on environmental justice stuff. Huh. Yeah. So, like they have this, they have this sort of like hippie vibe to them as a band. I mean, they were, um, they were. <laughs> when I first saw them, they talked about how they were at Bonnaroo, and the guy Joe, who was in the band at the time, had fallen in love with. They said these these gardening shoes with the holes drilled in them, which was Crocs before like anyone knew what they were. Yeah. And like they they had this whole like Crocs sponsored tour, which like related to like sustainability and all this stuff. So like they have this, they have this reputation of being, you know, kind of an environmental justice thing in their, in their, in their, as a band. That's cool. But, but then they include this song, which is basically like, Hey, if we went back to paradise, most of us would be completely lost and unable to function. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, I think that's what David Byrne was trying to do. Was trying to say. Yeah. Because it's pretty much about like, so, regretting, like regretting what you wish for in hindsight. Like. Yeah. Which it's an interesting choice for a band that has, and I, that's what I think I like about it is because if you look at them, you sort of associate them with, you know, the jam band fish yeah. type world, but then you have, but then you have them include this song that sort of defies that a little bit. And I think it, it works stylistically with the kind of band that they are mm-hmm. is that, you know, so, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are, Patrick, on nothing but flowers. I don't, I don't know much Talking Heads, honestly, but I definitely did. When I was listening to the album, I definitely like kind of went like, this is different enough that like I think this is a cover, right? And then I started, and then I started researching a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we were talking a little bit um, lyrically about how. It's interesting that they're this band that has this environmental justice piece in their wheelhouse, but then here's this song that's basically like, oops, like, we recreated paradise and it sucks. <laughs> kind of like uh, paving paradise and putting up a parking lot. Oh, yeah, it's sort of the opposite. It's the opposite <laughs> of that song, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's really what this is. Like, this, you know, this used to be a pizza hut. Now it's all covered in daisies. I mean, it's, you know, like, we used to microwave and I just... I really miss chocolate chip cookies instead of eating nuts and berries. You know, I mean, it's sort of picking up this thing that if we were to return to that kind of agrarian paradisal type lifestyle, a lot of people would be screwed over. It just kind of, like I said, I think it's an interesting choice for a band that has committed itself so strongly to environmental causes. I feel like, I mean, just with the, just with the inclusion of um, here we stand, like in Adam and Eve, you could, draw some theological conclusions like why we're not in the garden of Eden anymore, you know, um, like how separated we are from the divine. Well, in, well, in the sense that here we are in this paradisal state, we're like an Adam and an Eve. Yeah. But then he talks about how, when he was a boy, he dreamed of being an inhuman thing, a billboard. Okay. Yeah. Right. Which is, you know, probably a tongue in cheek thing about the fact that, you know, you wear, this was the you know this was a song being recorded originally at the height of wearing branded clothing everywhere and so you're basically a billboard for advertising you know you're not really a person you're just a thing for brands to you know get out there right uh, so it's dehumanizing because of commercialism um we should we should definitely do we should at some point do an episode talking about talking heads um yeah, their album seven is so good and i love once in a lifetime um what a, what a weird great band yeah we should all, i want to watch what do it that'd be awesome i want to watch the 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 movie they did with um um what uh, about texas no the the who's the guy that directed sounds of the lambs um shoot crap i know this it's just not coming to me I don't know, the guy who directed Silence of the Lambs, who's like a great director who died recently, very sadly, uh, he directed that uh, that concert film with them. Why mm. am I forgetting everything? Like, I, I know the name of the, of the movie, and I know the name of the guy. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, we should do that. So, yeah, so, uh, great song. All right, so, come downstairs and say hello. Yes, let's, let's do it. I just really love this song, um... I've grown to love it a little bit more after re-listening to the, um, so come downstairs and say hello is, um, I'll, and I'll share it with you guys, but 
it's the 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 video from the concert that we went just went to the Omaha Symphony one the video that kind of announced that the album was coming out was was come downstairs and say hello and there's I, I love I love songs that have a tonal shift um, and 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 in the in the the symphonic version of the song when that big swell comes up it's like the whole orchestra kind of comes up behind and it's just, this, it's just this really beautiful yeah kind of and it and it and, and i was watching the video like with michael and she like got tears in her eyes like experiencing that sound again you know and it was just like i don't know it was like one of those moments where i like fell in love with her a little bit and like kind of listened to the lyrics as well it was just like this is a great this is a great song and just and i went into a little bit more of a deep dive about about it and um you know, as as a Kansan, we get a lot of um, Wizard of Oz references, um, but I, I love how sweet and calm the song starts out. Um, and 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 I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan, and I've never actually done the 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 Dark Side of Oz thing. Um, I oh, probably yeah. need to try to. Do that. But that that I I I think I think I love this idea that lyrically they're attaching it to. This it, it feels to me like they're attaching it to this guy who's up in his room who's just doing this Wizard of Oz thing, and he's like making these promises that he's not going to do this, he's not going to keep doing this. It sounds it sounds like depression to me, right? But then it's got that same like peppiness to it, and the voices that are coming that are calling him, he hears them coming from the Yellow Road, but they're actually coming from downstairs, and there's parents saying like, "Hey, somebody's here, come downstairs and say hello," and he like can't do it because he's like absorbed in his own kind of darkness well, what that darkness looks like the wizard of oz but then it's the wizard of oz but with pink floyd attached to it as well i just it it, it just it's it, it's groovy and it like makes me wants to like dance and sing along but then it's got these themes that are heavy you know well and i think listening to it again this time i i recognize it's it's such an it's a good song to draw from wizard of oz because it has that it has that tonal shift in the middle of it just like the wizard of oz um, you know, where it goes from black and white to color. And I think that's I think that's also implied in the idea that he's that he's, you know, the, the depression piece I hadn't really picked up on. But that idea of voices calling from a yellow road, telling me to come downstairs, don't be shy, come downstairs and say hello. That that notion of like the voices calling from the yellow road is from the color side. Yeah. You know, he's in the, the black and right, the, the grayscale depression side. And yeah. so, so there's like, I think there's just a lot of layers. Um, this is also the song that whenever I've seen him in concert, I watch Brian the entire time. Um, I, I love his drumming. And this is like, they, 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 they highlight on his drumming a lot in the, in the DVD of this. Um, the, the complexity of how he's keeping beat, especially at that part, once it sort of like picks up tempo, and there's that like, like watching him, watching the way that he can like hit these multiple drums and keep time and like hit cymbals. Because like the thing about a hand cymbal is hand cymbals are really thin. And so a lot of times when you hit a hand cymbal, they actually flip inverted. And so you have to like pop them back in place. And so if you watch him play this live, he actually hits the cymbal to invert it and like catches it while keeping beat. I mean, it, it is an incredible thing to watch. Um, I think I think Brian might be the most talented drummer I've ever seen. Um, 
in in terms of what he can do with with all these different things and this song i think really showcases that um plus it's another one where the band i believe switches instruments midway um i think adam is doing some I, I, if this is if i'm not mistaken this is the one where he drops the bass he drops the e string on his guitar to basically be the bass for it um and um it's yeah i just it's it's just such a layered complex song and it's and it's to me very much unlike a lot of the other things that they have done as a band um and it it shows their range and their musical maturity a lot and it's it's definitely one of my favorite songs and it's probably my favorite song on this recording um and the symphony version is incredible i have a couple of of couple of things where they've recorded with symphonies and this this is awesome whenever they've done it with a symphony well i i apologize for laughing at brian then sorry apparently (laughs) i was being super pretentious uh i just well no it's it's one of those things like again like if you're you listen to it it's one thing to actually see the man play yeah is like i like it's so it's so like smug to say this but it's a revelation (laughs) um okay yeah i believe i think i think i i should have i should have i mean i should have watched the the thing i found it and put it all in order with the album i could have taken well, some time but we invited you to listen not to watch so okay what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on um come downstairs on, um, and say hello yeah um i really loved it i thought i liked the uh the upbeat quality to it i love the the short uh synth break um had this sort of new wave progression to it that i really like because i really love i really love new wave music um but yeah i'm all about that progression uh you know i, I kind of i also saw the wizard of oz you know the the wizard of oz comparisons and stuff were pretty interesting like what you said chuck about how he was here's a voice from the yellow road but it's really downstairs i mean it, it's it's only a call back to he's in black and white or sepia depending on which version you watch um but it's also you know in wizard of oz the characters in kansas are also sort of like alternate versions of the characters in Wizard of Oz. So mm-hmm. it's like you want to go to one world, but you're trapped. You're trapped in the other world. And uh, I definitely related to that part of about like trying. Like the song progresses, and I, I kind of understood that. Like you want to progress, you want to go forward, but you just you just feel stuck constantly. There's always something that keeps you back. Like you want to, you want to go down the yellow brick road with Dorothy, but you're stuck. You're you're stuck in the house, <laughs> in the tornado, you know. Um, but yeah, but when that bass kicks in and then the synth kicks in, cool bass by the way. Um, I think that's that's like my favorite part. But uh, yeah, I liked I like the song, and I think it's interesting that yeah, you said that it's it's not like their other work, and this is definitely one that stuck out to me because of that probably. Amsterdam, dude. They mentioned the shags. I was into that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I that's actually how I first learned of the Shags from really? that song cuz like who who are the Shags? Um I, th- so this is the first Guster song I ever heard. Um I think it's definitely it's a, the biggest hit, right? You uh, or do you think Satellite is a bigger hit now? Satellite's like, a way bigger hit. Okay. Yeah, I I don't I don't I never heard Amsterdam on the radio. Wow. Um I I, I know that, um, let's see, Satellite I hear on the music in the grocery store. Um, there's also, um, 
what's the other? Uh, I hope tomorrow's like today is another Guster song off of Keep It Together. That that song JP um, plays during a moment in Wedding Crashers. So that that song got some popularity. Um, no, without I, I I think even Guster would say Satellites their biggest hit, mm-hmm. which is weird because I find that to be such a boring song. Yeah, it makes sense um, to be on the. Yeah, uh, it's but like uh, Amsterdam is. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's like the Pixies and Here Comes Your Man, mm-hmm. where it's not quite like their stuff, and they're actually they actually hate playing it. But, yeah. but it's like what they're mostly known for by general audiences and stuff. Yeah, though I would say that nowadays they're probably more known for Where Is My Mind because yeah. of Fight Club. Because of Fight Club, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but yeah, I. Amsterdam is just I. I it's it's weird because to me it's such a, it's such a conventional song, but it I don't know what it was when I first heard that, but it just it sounded like something I had never heard before. Yeah. Uh, and then when I saw the live video of this, to learn that the harmonics being played at the beginning are harmonic like are bass harmonics. He's he's doing harmonics on the bass guitar, which is pretty awesome. Um, but it's I just I love I love this song like it's. It, you know, it's another one. It's about somebody sort of, I mean, they, they're, 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 they, 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 they think they're better than everybody. Right. You know, they're on their cloud above everyone. You know, they're in Amsterdam, which either is a metaphor for hedonism or a metaphor for the fact that they're just so high above everybody. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and it's such a like good, like college kind of thing. Right. Cause we all knew those people in college. They went on a European trip. And then now they were suddenly better than everyone. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. It's got that kind of feeling. Girlfriend is gone to Europe, and now she's like, I, I don't need you anymore. Right? You know, another, another song from, from Keep It Together that they do in this album as well, The Home, Homecoming King. Yeah. Like, that one always caught me in the same kind of a thing because, you know, they went to Tufts. But, like, it, basically, like, everybody I know who's ever spent any time in Massachusetts, like, always, like it's like their favorite it's like the best thing that ever happened to them. That time that they were in Massachusetts, like that's been that. That's like the third line of that song. Like, <laughs> go back to Massachusetts to your golden age. Yeah, um, tucked you in at night. You know, like like whenever when I heard that, I was like, I was like, yes, people who have spent you know college in Massachusetts or done grad school in Massachusetts or whatever, like oh they God. all that's, act that yeah. way. I, like, Guster, even their slower stuff, it just is like so eminently singable to me and i it's it's the way like i i think it's because i can do i think i can do with my voice what both ryan and adam do and so i feel like i can sing like them like they because neither of them are particularly like super gifted vocalists and they're not doing anything that's like impossible for me to do as a as a as a as a mid-range vocalist i i just like singing with them you know and and amsterdam is just like it's just fun to sing because it's it's got that kind of like fast lyric, um, yeah. But I mean, then it's got a rusty chorus as well, you know. Yeah. Well, and I guess I guess too, what got me about it is that the beat on it is is almost like a punk rock beat. It's it's got that kind of, but it you know, but obviously it's not it's not that like it's you know it's 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 bright sounding. There's you know it's 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 a happy peppy. Is it a major key? Um, yeah, sorry, JP, I cut you off. I was just gonna say, like, it, that's. I mean, like I said, I when I was trying to make an effort to connect to connect to them, my, my, I actually like 
force myself to sing along to some of them for some of the songs and i found it like kind of easy <laughs> easier than yeah. I if i tried to with anybody else yeah and you gotta you gotta and you also gotta love the you gotta love the uh, 99 left balloons reference that they snuck in the song oh, i don't remember that on your red balloon you were like a super high-tech jet fighter oh, okay i i missed it sorry whoops oh, it's all right whoops, yeah. the red the red color you're talking about again oh that's yep. right yeah um so yeah so amsterdam will always be a very special song for me just because and it, it, it's just like i don't personally know i mean it was like i was away from home for the first time i'm you know i'm developing tastes and things that are not influenced by any of my friends from growing up um you know I, it, it's like such a such a college band thing right like you're in college and you're exposed to music that other people you know that you don't know from home or whatever um and so i don't know it just it just hits that sweet spot for me of nostalgia and so it's like a very personal thing right um but it's also just a fun song um i yeah. just in I, you know in my mind i'm i whenever i play it i'm in my truck driving north on i-95 sun's going down and i'm heading home to hang you know to see my mom for the weekend or something because i would just put this album on as i do that drive and i would be processing the heartbreak and all that crap that was going on in my life at that time um i spy i, I have one more thing to say about amsterdam that's oh, all right sure. sorry um not not nothing huge i didn't particularly like love the song i thought the chorus was really catchy and i liked that mm -hmm. and it also kind of like as i'm like reading it and also singing along at some points i was starting to understand like because this isn't really this doesn't really exist just for me but it started to make me understand like why people like songs like strictly for their lyrics. Like mm. I could see someone like the first thing that they want to talk about when they talk about something like Amsterdam is just like what the lyrics mean to them. Right. You know? And I think that's true for like most of the songs here. Yeah. And, and it's, it's weird. Cause that, that's never really been my relationship with music. Like I, I usually discover, I discover lyrics like later, like first is just the sound and give it, I'm just going, nah, 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 whatever. But uh, that's interesting. Well, and it's it's interesting to bring that up too because I realize a lot of their lyrics, and this is this really emphasizes it, are actually really personal. Yeah. But they're presented in this very pop package. Mm -hmm. So like you know your bass guitar and Shag CD, like that's a very personal item list uh, <laughs> that somebody left behind, right? And that gives you an idea. And like honestly, I, I would be surprised if most people who listened to the song even knew who Shags were. Yeah. You know, and so you've got this very like deep cut kind of thing you know you've got also a bass guitar not not a guitar right a bass guitar like that's giving you indication of like what kind of person you a bass guitar their shag cd it's chris novoselli they don't really mean that's that it is. yeah they don't really mean that much to me they mean um, it and they, it also indicates that they needed one more syllable to make the lyric work probably <laughs> <laughs> That's my cynical. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, cool. But I mean, but interesting for a band that had up until this point of that album had prided themselves on not using a bass guitar. So, because I don't know. Anyway, um, so I Spy is the next song on the on, on for discussion. It, so this is one of those things where, in Lost and Gone Forever, the lyric is "We went down to the May Parade." Right. Yeah. But on the live version, they just come right out and say to the gay parade. That's what I was wondering. 
Because yeah. I, I heard this say gay parade, but I looked at the lyrics and I'm like, May parade? Why does it sound like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the lyrics is May parade. And I remember when I first heard the song and they said, I spy something red. I'm like, okay. So like, you know, um. it, it Disney, during the gay days at Disney, you wear red. So like the idea that I was like, I was always listening, like they're talking about a gay parade. And then when I heard, when I saw the light, when I bought the DVD and watched it for the first time, I'm like, okay, that that's that they are right. It is the gay parade. Like they are talking about the gay parade, which for, you know, in that early stage of my life where I'm kind of moving away from evangelicalism to something else, I'm like, is this a gay band? Are these gay people? <laughs> is, this, is this talking about is his it, boyfriend? Like, am I listening to, is the music going to make me gay? Is the music going to make me gay? Like, am I suddenly going to be into... Where's Keelan? Um... <laughs> Dude, are we? So, <laughs> so um, but like, but as far as I know, none of the members of the band are gay. So like, I've been, this is one of those things where like, are they inhabiting, like, is this just an, like, they're making, like, are they, are they writing stuff that because that other people haven't written about it and talked about it, so they're writing a song about or is this just like it's Boston, you know? Like, are they in Massachusetts? It's a gay parade. It's just what you do. You go and you like, it's like a big event. People are there, or is it he's got a girlfriend and she's coming out to him? Right? Like, it's about like because I spy something red. Like, I'm letting you know. Like, is it like my eyes are over there? I don't know. It's just it's one of those songs. Like, I listen to it and I've just been trying to for years to sort of like decipher the lyrics and figure out what what I think it means. Um, but it's also weirdly like it's relatable, right? Like that idea of like a wandering eye, like, you know, my eye is somewhere else. I spy something else. And that's why I've got this bitterness and I've got all this going on. I've been living this lie with you. Hmm. Um, at least that's the way I like that. that, That's, that's what I get out of it. Alcohol under my breath. Yeah. There is something I've been meaning to do. I've been dying to tell you that I've been so tired. (laughs) And I spy something red. I mean, why are you saying red? Do they? I I spy something wrong. What? He says because I spy something wrong. JP, you had the lyrics up. It's I spy something red, right? Um, I don't know. I think that's you wanting it to be about Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I think it's because all the red references in like all their music. That's probably why I hear it that way. Am I wrong? I, I, if, if I'm wrong, I'm gonna blow my mind. I, w- I will say that they do definitely in live in the live show say gay, but the yes. but the lyric the lyric that's printed is is wrong. Uh, yeah, it's, wrong. it's wrong. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's wrong. Because it has to rhyme with kind of with you don't know how far you've gone or recognize who you become. It's that. It's that sound. Mm-hmm. Wow. Write a dissertation about how it changes the meaning. Twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So those are the. That's the stuff that I. That. Do we get to anything, Patrick? I, that you want? I think that it's it's worth watching Fafa on the. Um, on the video um, just to see how much the crowd gets into it. Cause I think that that's true. Like that is another like eminently singable song that has a lot of um, the brass comes into it too. It's just like, it's another one where it just swells and it just is a really fun thing that happens at the concert. Mm-hmm. 
I don't understand it or get it or care about what the lyrics mean or anything, but but it's just like a it's a good it's a good uh, performance piece. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things where like it's like on Lost and Gone Forever. It's it's it it's a it's a more of a it's a more energetic song, but I wouldn't say it's one of the best songs. But it's one of those ones that's definitely way more fun live because of the performance aspect of it. I mean, Brian's drumming is great. Um, it's definitely you can tell that it's. You can tell that this that the recording is the set list because the way the crowd responds. But if you watch the DVD, they put Fafa earlier um, in the DVD, which is kind of weird because it, it it's clearly the song that ends the show uh, based off the way the crowd responds to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is is it uh, supposed to be like a reference? Is that like another uh, David Byrne reference? Talking Heads, the Fafa 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 from Psycho Killer. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's that's. I mean, when I saw that, that's what it instantly made me think of. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, all, Michael Keller, all he's saying is, is he's he's saying far better, but he's doing a little stutter thing. Um, yeah. I never thought about that. <laughs> I mean, I just took it as like it's just gibberish. Like, yeah. Right. Ah, fuck, 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 you know. <laughs> speaking um, of, speaking of which, the the name of the movie is "Stop Making Sense." Directed by Jonathan Demi. There we go. With the oversized suits. That's from that. Yeah. But he wears the oversized suit. <laughs> um, Have you, did you, by the way, did you guys catch when David Byrne was on SNL a few months back? I don't think I, did. I mean, I, I knew about it, but I didn't, I didn't watch it. He was the musical guest. It was very strange. He did once in a lifetime, but like with, this whole like band of people and it's like you know it's like total david Byrne thing. it's like a little bit performance art as well as music but they're all in matching gray suits with no shoes on like Maybe I did see men that. women everything in between yeah it's it's very interesting hmm. no i didn't see um, it but i think i heard about it um but uh yeah fafa i didn't i didn't i mean you know it was, it was good it was catchy i don't really have anything <laughs> deep to say about it i apologize yeah it, it, it sounds like ska like it's yeah. like, that much horn horn section yeah in it. uh one thing about that song is it was um it was i think it was that song and barrel of a gun were the only two songs that my ex knew like really well that she could like sing along with and we had we had gone somewhere like up north like like north florida something like northern florida and we had stopped in We'd stopped in Central Florida to have like some friend hang out with some friends, and uh, ended up having some drinks. Like she didn't, I did, and so she needed to drive home, and I fell asleep in the car. And so like the only thing that she could do to keep herself awake apparently was to blast Fafa and Barrel of a Gun back and back back to back, like just just doing that over and over for like the two and a half hour drive from Orlando back to West Palm Beach. Wow. But I slept through it. I didn't know until. <laughs> so, like, I always think of that when I think of this song. Nice. Uh, all right. Did, Patrick, did we get everything you wanted to talk about? Yeah. yeah I'm good. JP, did we get to everything you wanted to talk about? Uh, well, we. we... I, mean, I know you're dying to talk about Ramona. I know that song is just like. I actually. That's actually kind of funny to say because I, I couldn't decide if I loved it or not. Um, it's really weird. Like I, 
like I definitely wrote a few lines about it, um, but I didn't put an asterisk by it. So I, I don't know. I thought it was good, but I don't. I don't know. It's weird. I have a lot of stuff in here. I like, like that song. Jam bands. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I had um I had a cat, um several years back named Ramona Quimby. Yeah. And I would sing Ramona whenever she was around. Yeah. Oh well, I was going to say. Rona. <laughs> I wasn't going to really. I don't know if I. Well, we don't have to bring it because Patrick you so, spoke about it, but Homecoming King I thought was. That's the other one I have an asterisk on. I like the. Okay. But I don't have anything to really expand on. You kind of covered it pretty well. Yeah. Um, but the, the the harmonica solo is pretty sweet. Um, yeah. I get it. All right. All about people stuck in high school. <laughs> <laughs> um. The question I was going to ask you, Father Fun, that I was going to put a, that I put a pin in. I'm taking off the pin now. Um, yeah, yeah. Why do you like jam bands? <laughs> I do not like jam bands. <laughs> I like I like fish. Okay. Um, I've seen them live twice. I think it's it's funny. You know, I let me. I'm gonna. Can I go ahead and just answer your question and roll into my my album for the next? For the next week, sure, go ahead. I, mean, I, I don't want you to, to expand. Like, like yeah. I just, I was just kind of a just a jokey question. You don't need anyway. a grand thesis or anything. It's just a jokey well, question, so, anyway. So, so Chuck, when he when he started talking about you know picking favorite bands for for this year, um, he said, "No, I don't think any of us have picked our favorite bands." And I said, and I said, uh, I said, "Well, didn't didn't we do Who's Next?" Like, at the, yeah, you like chose the, the you chose the Who, <laughs> and, like, and Matt chose the Beatles, which is his favorite band. So right. Yeah. Right, so 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 it's like that doesn't really work. And so he he offered another option, which is who I am choosing for for this album. But I'm so I'm not going to go there yet because when I was thinking about it, I was I was I was thinking like, you know, I also really like Fish, and I still kind of actively listen to Fish, um, and I wonder I wonder what that experience would be like. The um, I but I'm but I'm very much not a. It's again, it's another thing, like I said earlier, about being having a mixed relationship with live albums. Like mm-hmm. jam band culture and people who are really like fans of jam bands, like want the live the live stuff, right? Like they want the tapes. Right. And and I have never really enjoyed any live fish albums that I've listened to. I've really I really like the um I really like the concert experience, but I also um but 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 I also just love the the studio albums, especially one that I was gonna suggest and maybe I'll put onto the wheel of mayhem. But um, that 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 doesn't that doesn't because I think that those studio albums don't play as much on the jam band stuff. Like I like I like Fish for the same reason I think I like Guster. Like one of the things I wrote down in my notes for, about Guster was I like close harmonies. I like I like skillful lyrics. I like kind of interesting um interesting risks risks in like tone and i think that fish does that in their studio albums and that and they don't belabor the you know 30 minute jamming jamminess stuff you know yeah so um but also i, I think almost every band that I like, I like because of a connection to a person. And so one of my best friends in high school was a big, like he was one of those fish guys, you know? And, and so I listened to fish because of my relationship with him, but I never got like all the way into it, but I'm, I'm into it enough that I have, you know, I own all their studio albums and 
like when I mow the lawn, I always listen to this one album and okay. you know, like, so. um, but the other, that, that when, when, when Chuck said, when, when, when Chuck said we should do favorite bands and I pushed back on him and said, well, we, are, well, I already picked the who he said, I thought your favorite band was Florence and the machine. And I said, Oh, I do like Florence and the machine. Like, I, you know, if I had to pick a second favorite band, it would probably be, um, you know, English indie rock, uh, band Florence and the machine. Little, so little, little I flow in the Mac. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Florence the Machine's um, sophomore album, which is called Ceremonials, uh, as our as our album for next week. Um, I can I I think my favorite Florence and the Machine song individually is from their first album, but as but as an album, I like Ceremonials the best. Um, again, kind of tied to a live a live experience with them, we went to see a Florence and the Machine show um, after we moved back to Kansas, and it was the, the the tour after Ceremonials came out, and it was one of the most, it was probably the best live concert I've ever been to, just the the most kind of transcendental, kind of like altered state without actually taking any drugs, wow, like experience I've had. Um, and and it and, and a large part of it is because of the power of all the music on there. Um, and I also I also and I and I legitimately like the band, but I also it's been I don't think we've had female vocalists in Music Mayhem yet. Uh, she is Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you did have Fleetwood. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. you can't forget. You also can't forget Christine McVie. She's uh, yeah. She's she's in the band too. Fleetwood Mac. I said the whole. Um, <laughs> Light Daddy. So, so uh, I think that'll be good for us. And she's, you know, Grace or Grace, Grace Slick. I always, I always get them confused because Florence Welch and Grace Slick both have that rock goddess power thing going on. Um, but yeah, Florence Welch is is a very very skilled um, musician. So yeah, I uh, I used to listen to them uh, uh, quite a bit in the early two thousand teens. Especially that, was, that song Seven better. Devils" is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a banger. I like that yeah. one. Yeah, a lot of the, them are. So. I was using the Game of Thrones trailer. That's how I found out about that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Anyway, okay, cool. So go out and listen to Florence I, and the Machine Ceremonials. I'm excited because I I have never listened to this band ever. Oh really? Ooh. Oh dude, you gotta yeah. check out Cosmic Love. Hello. Get you. I would say, and, and listen to look up the music video for Dog Days Are Over. Like, that's one of my favorite music videos and songs ever. But it's just like the rest of the album is not as good as Ceremonials is for me. So, yeah, I think All that right. I, I, the, a lot of Tumblr accounts had the, had her lyrics. I think. Mm-hmm. It's a... <laughs> anyway, that's you know. Um, so, okay, yeah, check out everyone, please go and check out Florence and the Machine Ceremonials. Come back with us next week, and we'll uh, we'll dish about Flo and the Mac. Know, do people call her that? I just I I just thought of that. I don't know. Well, you did. But I've heard the Mac, but Flo. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm coining yeah. it. it. Belongs to Flo and the Mac. <laughs> uh, all right, so I want to thank Father Chuck and for selecting his album, Guster on Ice. Thank you. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And Father Fun, thank you for joining us once again. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, occasional Matt, uh, he gets it. He's, of course, thanks to him. Um, join us again next week. Remember to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, have a wonderful week. Good journey.
Good journey. Good journey.